0: Over the years of being a pastor, I have listened, I have studied, I have observed, and probably in the last 20, 25 years, I've heard more frequently about young people reaching and keeping younger people. And I'm going to respond to that this morning, and I have written some of what I want to say. Others will not necessarily be written, but will come from my heart. I speak as a shepherd, and also I say I speak as a prophet. Not that I am planning to give any new revelation, but to call us to what God has clearly communicated in His Word, call us to make sure we're on track in what God has clearly revealed I will seek to practically discuss Scripture, not take any one passage necessarily, but some Scripture that I think the body of Christ has been tempted to neglect, and I speak of the body of Christ broadly for many decades. I'm not talking the last five or ten years, but I think for many decades. I'm speaking of the entire body of Christ, our local church, but the entire body, I'm not speaking necessarily to individuals and say, you did or you didn't, but speaking to, here's what God desires. I have read and I've considered the history of the body of Christ, our nation, history of our nation, our community, our church. I've observed what happened in the 50s and 60s when I was growing up and what has happened since that time. I've read a fair amount of what happened in some with World War I and World War II and all, how that influences us, even the present. I share from my deeply broken burden and heavy heart due to grasping God's will, His plan, His desire, in contrast to where I think the body of Christ at large is today and has been for decades. I've studied I've listened I've cried out to God I've confessed and repented for the body of Christ and I could share figures and statistics but I will not do that this morning I've heard repeatedly and I've used the following phrase let's do something to reach young people but have rarely heard, are we obedient to God's plan, will, and desire? Or what is God's plan, will, and desire? Please understand I'm not speaking against anything that is done today to reach and keep young people. I'm not communicating that I believe we might have but I am communicating that we have drifted, I think, from God's will and plan overall in Christianity. I think we may do a lot of good stuff. And that's good. I'm not saying let's stop anything is within the body of Christ. But I would pose a question Have you ever talked to an individual who walked away from God in the church? And then you ask them why? Did they ever give this answer? My pastor, my church leaders, my parents, older saints I know, were such examples of holiness and godliness in daily life that it turned me off. And I recognize that young people choose at times to reject God. That's part of life. And I recognize, too, that a church and parents may do most everything right and young people may still walk away. This is not a blame game. It's not about results. It's about God's plan. And then seeking to keep it a target because the enemy... Seeks to lure us from God's plan. I mentioned some scripture, we won't look at them. Genesis 1 and 2, Deuteronomy 6, Exodus 19, 3 through 6, Malachi 1 and 3, Acts 20, 25 through 31, 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4, 1 Timothy 3, Titus 1, Hebrews 13, 7 and 17, 1 Thessalonians 4, 11 and 12, 1 Peter 1, 13 through 16, and 3:15, Ephesians 6, 1-4, Titus 2, 1-8, and I could list others, but what I share this morning ties in with all of those scriptures. So my first aspect is God's will and God's plan. What is it? A lifestyle, 24-7, that is transforming into greater and greater holiness and godliness from the inside out. And dependency upon Christ. That means experiencing God, Christ and the Holy Spirit. in day by day living. On the job. In marriage. Shopping. Driving. Eating. Just a lifestyle of transforming into greater and greater holiness. From the inside out. That creates thirst. As you read scripture. Creates thirst. Openness, children, unbelievers, then bring the charge. You don't live like the world. Why? It involves being your faith, what we are in the inside. It's a deep concern. And then living our faith. I'm not talking anyone in particular. I'll explain who in a minute. But just living well 24-7. And that includes failure. That includes sin. How you respond to that, that's part of life. Then, knowing what you believe and why as expressed in daily living. Just knowing what you believe. And I'm not talking knowing all kinds of doctrine, but what you're living, knowing why you live it, knowing what you believe. God is God. He's creator. Because He's God and He's creator, I submit to Him. I yield to Him. Christ is God's Son. He's my substitute. Therefore, I respond to His grace. I believe that about Christ. I respond to that. I pray for my enemies. Why pray for your enemies? Because that's God's desire. Work hard as unto the Lord, whether, no one, whether anyone's looking or not. That's God's desire. Just knowing what you believe and expressing it in daily living. Choosing to rejoice in your trials. Why do you rejoice in your trials? Because I'm a, crea- a child of a creator God, and he wants me to rejoice in my trials. Just knowing what you believe and living it out, and then explaining your faith, reasons to those who ask, why don't you live like the world we don't need training to share what we're experiencing we don't need training to share what we're experiencing we can just share it so for experiencing god we can share that that's god's desire for daily living and then teaching children, young people, those for whom you're responsible, the above items. Just day by day. Maybe formal, it may be more informal. But teaching, modeling. And that's a big, big overview of what God desires. Now, who is involved? I have a pyramid drawing here, and that is, by design, at the very foundation, I have Christ, the local body, and fellowship. We have Christ and His body displayed in local churches. You can't separate the two. If I have Christ, I need the body. If I have the body, I need Christ. You can't separate the two. We need the local body. And Christ is expressing the local body. And within the local body we need fellowship. We need to apply to one another's. And then the local body seeking to live out what I discussed under the what. And then a pastor or pastors living out what I discussed earlier. And church leaders living out what I discussed earlier. As I study scripture, as you read scripture, you will find that local body, pastor, and church leadership are foundational to young people, reaching and keeping. And I'm not saying none disobey or anything else, but I'm saying that's foundational. Because father and parents are dependent upon the body of Christ to be effective as a father, as parents. Because they're part of a body. You read Ephesians, you read... Philippians, you read Colossians and some other New Testament books. The writers begin with Christ, with the body of Christ, and then go into family living and marriage. A father should be able to look at church leadership and pastor and say, there's someone that is seeking to walk with God. When I blow it, I know how to respond because I've seen an example in church leaders. I've seen an example in my pastor. When I want to know how to love my wife and respond to my kids. I've seen an example in church leaders and in my pastor. And I have the body of Christ to encourage me, to build me up, to cry with me when things are not going well and so on. But fathers... Just seeking to live well. In day-by-day living, that includes failure, that includes blowing it, that includes doing right. But living in a sensitivity to God. Mom and dad doing the same. And then if there's grandparents that are believers, and I say if they are believers, seeking to live the what that I mentioned earlier. Growing in holiness and responsiveness to God. And then older saints. Living in dependency upon God. and Not to emphasize that, I need a volunteer. Someone that would claim to have a at least some strength that can uh, tear something for me. You want to try it, Micah? Here, I have a One strand of thread. I want you to take that and try to tear it. Okay, show them what you did. Okay, here I have two strands of thread. Turn around. I want to let them see what you're trying to do. Try to tear it. Be careful. You can cut your fingers on that, I know. Someone want to try two strands of thread? Okay, thank you, Micah. You can sit down. Someone want to try three? Any takers? How about four? I tried three one time and uh, I was pulling so hard that I actually tore my fingers, you know. How about five? How about six, and how about seven? God desires. As we reflect on young people, the body of Christ seeks to be in order. Pastor modeling a godly life for pastors, church leadership seeking to model godliness and holiness. Fathers doing the same, parents doing the same, grandparents doing the same, and older saints. A seven-stranded rope is not easily torn. Now, that doesn't mean every young person responds. That's not my point. My point is, let's seek to make sure that we have what God designed in order I think all levels are equally important, but they're dependent upon each other. That is, each level is dependent upon the levels under it. Parents are dependent upon father and how father responds. Father <clears throat> is dependent upon church leadership, and those are dependent upon the pastor and then the body being or seeking to be what God has called them to be. Neglect of local church. The local body means neglect of Christ, which means parents and fathers who are seeking to respond and you neglect this. It's very detrimental. I've observed that for many years. All are important. But some are dependent. We talk about breakdown of the family in our country. And in the Christian community, the breakdown stats are similar for both our country and the church. I think many times we fail to realize that taking care of the body of Christ and our relating to the local body and thus relating to Christ and to Pastor and Church leadership are foundational to what happens with children. And again, that comes through very strong in the epistles. And I realize some of what I say or have just said seems to go against much of what has been taught and emphasized for many years in the Christian community. We hear quite often, family first. Scripture would say, body of Christ first. First in the sense that the family is dependent upon the body and rightly relating to the body. And I'm not talking the amount of time or anything else. That's not my point. But what parents and fathers do are dependent upon the local body. The issue is not activity by those in this chart, but being and doing. Just being holy, being godly, and then doing that. Recognizing our doing springs from our being. You will notice that I didn't list any ministries or programs or activities and music and so on. I'm not opposed to them. You can, we can do all we want in that, and I think some of that can be very effective and very good in fulfilling this chart <clears throat> but my point is God does not directly mention them so we may have some of them but we always want to ask ourselves is the pyramid in order we do something for young people we do something for children or are we seeking to keep the basics in line it's not that they're wrong With, in parentheses, is so essential. Just being with people, eyeball to eyeball, in the presence of people. I think it's wise that at times we turn off entertainment, and we turn off technology, just to be with people and talk and interact and share and to be together face to face. You cannot be with someone really with them while watching TV on your phone and so on. And I'm not knocking TV and phones but with involves communication being together doing together interacting together i was talking to a young man not just a couple years ago he was in some serious trouble We got to talking about a, about a variety of things. And he said, I just wanted to be with my dad. I just wanted to be with my dad. He wasn't talking about money. He wasn't talking about things. He just wanted to be with his dad. As we think about with, I observed my mom and dad relate for years as I was growing up, how they related as husband and wife, how they related as mom and dad, and how they related to us. And I asked Ruth Ann to marry me, and she graciously consented, and we've been together over 47 years in marriage. I will confess that I was a pretty dumb husband. I won't elaborate beyond that. <laughs> I did observe Dad, did observe Mom and how they related. But after you get married, you know, you, your perspective changes. Because you think, now, how do I handle this? What would have happened if an older guy, someone had been married 25, 30, or 40 years, said, Hey, uh, Dan, inviting you and your wife over to our house. Just want to be with you tonight. And we're going to invite you over Sunday afternoon, too, just to be with us. And after we spend some time with them, the guy says, uh, Dan, did you observe anything about me? And uh, I said, yeah. What did you observe? Well, you talked to your wife more than I talked to Ruth Ann. Good observation. That's part of being a husband. I noticed that you listen very attentively when your wife talks. Ah, chalk up two. I noticed that uh, when we sat down to the table, you pulled the chair out and pushed it in for her. Ah, chalk up another one. What is my point? Being with someone is the way we learn to live well. Jesus selected 12 men to be with him. It may be with another married couple, it may be with another parent, it may be with another individual, it may be with an older person, it may be with a grandparent, but just the whole idea of being with. I've observed over the years that our young people sometimes sit with other people that are much older than them. Good. Good. Observe. For older people to invite younger people into their home or to go shopping or whatever in day-by-day living is important just to be with, to learn how to live well. Contentment by the individuals in the church is important. Contentment shows that Christ in the local body is sufficient. Just content. Whether it be material things, whether it be your social status in life, whether it be your looks, just contentment. I'm deeply, deeply convinced that we need to come back time and time again to the local body to pastors, to church leaders to fathers, to parents, to grandparents to older saints living holy and godly lives, pursuing that day by day the impact of disobedience would not be fully seen for many years nor will the impact of obedience be seen for many, many years. I'm of the conviction some of what we are experiencing today in the broader culture of Christianity in America goes back to some things tied in with the time period of World War I, World War II, and things that were happening in the 60s and the 70s. where, just because of some economic things, some world events, and then just some neglect in the local church, where this was not lived out. Ask your children, whatever age they may be at, if they're 5 or 10 or 50, the following questions about life when they were living at home or are living at home the following questions what does your pastor love what do your church leaders love what does your father love what do your parents love what do your grandparents love? What do older saints in your church love? Or the individuals that I just mentioned committed to their local church? People reproduce. Not ministries, not programs, not events. And there's nothing wrong with programs, ministries, and events. But people within them reproduce. Older saints reproduce, parents reproduce, pastors reproduce, and so on. I mean, you say pastor, but you're speaking idealistic. Don't you realize we live in a broken world where we have one-parent families, where we have kids who may not have a father or mother, there's divorce that has come into our culture and not limited to our culture that's been true down through the pages of history. Yes, I realize that is true. If you want to turn to James 1, you can. If not, you can listen as I read. James 1 and verse 26. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein in his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows and their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Whether it be the Old Testament or whether it be the church today. Broken homes, orphans, widows. are to be reached out to and cared for, ministered to by the body. By pastors, church leaders, fathers, parents. Grandparents and older saints. That's God's design. Just reach out. The Mosaic Law has so much to say about individuals from broken homes, for widows, for orphans. The New Testament has a lot to say. In relation to the church. So think about a father just being a father to a fatherless boy or a young man. Maybe reaching out to one or two, depends on the circumstance. A mother, being a mother to a motherless child, to a girl, just caring for her, spending time with her. Children and teens, relating to other children and teens in school or a neighbor. <clears throat> Where those children may have no father or mother or, or their father and mother are difficult, having difficulties, children just reaching out to them, families inviting a one parent family or a broken family or a family that's having difficulties in their home just to be together. Older saints investing in one parent families or in younger families. Our world is messed up, our world is broken. But for those of you who are a little older, and by a little older, I'm saying anyone over 40. You've lived some. You've gained some insight. You have a wealth of life to share with younger people. We say it's the parents' responsibility. I'm not going to debate that. But also, the body, the pastor and church leadership is important. So we have a 22 year old getting married. And both the guy and the gal ask for an opportunity to share during their marriage ceremony. And both the guy and the gal say, I want to thank, and they list about 10 or 15 people that invested in their lives. And both the guy and the gal were from broken homes and came out of drugs. We live in a broken world. And the body is, seek to, is to seek to be the body. We're to seek to be what God has called us to be. We're to seek to have godly homes. But in a broken world, just being the body. Pastor and church leaders and fathers and parents and grandparents and older saints being concerned and not saying, well, my kids are gone, I'm done. But still caring and reaching out. Some disciplines. Faithful local body. Body life, shepherding, worship plan life around them. In marriage, where marriages are on track or seeking to be on track. Worship together, fellowship together, equip, husband leading. I said this a couple weeks ago. Wherever your kids or grandkids are or neighbor kids are spiritually, where they are emotionally emotionally, where they are economically, a mom and dad praying together for their children and grandchildren and neighborhood is so very, very powerful. Who is going to care more than mom and dad? It's very powerful when the elders and I are the... Elders and deacons and I, we get together and we pray for families and your kids, and we do that. Who should be more concerned about parents and children than, I don't have the chart there anymore, than the pastor and the church leaders praying to God, praying for this family. And here's where they're at, here's what's going well, here's where they're struggling. That's very powerful. When you say the parents need to pray, yes, but church leaders need to pray. And then add to that some older people that are praying and giving encouragement to that single mom, to that dad who is seeking to teach his kids even though his wife is not responsive to God, or mom's seeking to teach her kids and dad or husband's not responsive to God, or grandparents seeking to teach and train their children. Or grandchildren, rather, just as a couple. you say, "Well, we don't do that well. I'm not talking about how well you do it. Just practice families. there would be a one-parent family, two-parent families just worshiping together, praying together at home, singing together, discussing scripture. And I'm not talking how often I'm not talking formal, but that's, that's very, very critical. You say, well, I don't know how to. Well, then ask someone. And ask them to help you and pray for you. I realized my home life was somewhat different in some good ways and maybe not so good ways. But one of the good ways was that I heard my dad pray for me and my siblings Quite often. Did we arrive? Did we do everything right? No. But it had a tremendous impact. Then individually, and I'm talking us as individuals. Just renewing the mind, taking quiet sometimes in meditation, feeding the mind, scripture, prayer, contentment, just satisfied with life, desiring God's glory and work and school and driving. And establishing priorities and not being willing or not being afraid to say no. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. You walk out and you say, oh, my tire in the car is low. So you pump it up. And everything's fine. The next time you walk out, oh, my tire in my car is low. You pump it up again. And you keep repeating that. You say, why does it keep going down? Why don't you get it fixed? And how many times in Christianity have we been tempted to say, what's going on with young people? And we add some activity. And we add a program. We say, what's wrong? It doesn't seem to be doing any good. And we add something else. And all of those things that we add may be good and profitable. And maybe they need to continue. That's not my point. But I think we need to stop and over and over again say, again, I don't have my uh, pyramid up there. Are we keeping Christ and the church in order? Is our pastor and target? Are church leaders seeking to be what they should be? Are parents seeking to be what, or our fathers being what they should be? Parents being what they should be. Grandparents and then older saints have you stopped to consider the impact of a teen ministry or an awana ministry that says we don't want anyone involved that is under fifty. And I'm not saying we need to do that. That's not my point. But we want older people involved because they've lived and they have much to invest in these young people. And again, if you're under 50, be involved. You are involved. I'm not stopping. That's not my point. But the value of God's design. Some general thoughts and we'll wrap it up. God has no backup plan. God has no backup plan. God designed. And we may do a lot of things beyond the pyramid, and they may be good things, but in doing those things, let's always come back and say, is the pyramid in place? the pyramid in place and if it isn't let's come back to it and say how can we tweak let's seek to have it in place as we do these other things activities, ministries and programs are fine if the who and the what that we have been discussing are practiced as a lifestyle these items cannot take the place of God's plan, God's will God works in human failure. Be faithful in human failure. We go from where we are in the present. We can look at the past and say, I shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have done that. That's beside the point. We are where we are. Let's be faithful where we are. Jer, if you want to take me back to the pyramid, please. I've lived and I've ministered as a pastor for well over 45 years. And I've seen things come and I've seen things go in terms of what can we do to reach and keep young people. But I've rarely her to ask what is the core that we must be sure it's kept in place I've looked at magazines for years you have this program you have that activity you have this event <clears throat> we're doing this for young people and they're not evil they're not wrong but I can count on one hand the number of times I saw, Church, be sure your pastor is living a godly life. Be sure your church leaders are living a godly life. Be sure your fathers are being equipped and encouraged and corrected and rebuked. And your parents the same. I don't say that critically. I say that with a broken heart. Another program is fine. I'm not opposed to them at all. But underlying anything we do is the local body, is Christ, is fellowship, the pastor, the Church leadership, the fathers, the parents, the grandparents, the older saints, pursuing a holy, godly life and living it out so that younger people can say, I want what dad, I want what our pastor, I want what our deacons, I want what our elders, I want what our older saints had. Can you tell me about it? And I recognize some kids are going to walk away from God. And I'm not saying You know, if you do everything right, everything's going to be fine. That's not my point. My point is, keep the core in place. We need to over and over and over again come back to, is the core in place? Speaking broadly of our country, Christianity in America. I believe we say we're losing many to Christianity because we're reaping what we have sown. I'm not blaming anyone. I'm not pointing the finger. I'm stating that in a general way. I, as a teenager, attended YFC, Youth for Christ, Good Ministry. But where was the concern that Norman Morrier, my pastor, the deacons in Moria Mennonite Church, and my dad, Jacob Brubaker, my mom, Orpha Brubaker, and my grandparents <clears throat> were being what they should be? Sad to say that never came up. Again, I'm not knocking Youth for Christ or any ministry that is being done. I'm pleading with us to over and over come back again and again to is the core. Are we seeking to keep the core of this pyramid in place? And there's going to be ups and downs. Everything's not going to be right. I'm not talking perfection or anything else. But at least being willing to ask, some hard questions and then take action as we seek to live for God's glory it's not what works it's what God has called us to let's pray together Father, as I said earlier, <clears throat> I speak from a heavy heart, a deeply broken heart. <clears throat> and I think with good reason, Father. It would be my desire. That we as a body of believers and I know we have discussed things in the past and some of what I covered may have been mentioned in various ways. As we live, as we minister to come back again and again, Father to what I call the core. And it will constantly be under attack by the world system, by Satan. I'm not speaking perfection. I'm not saying everything's got to be in order and then everything will be fine. I am just desire, Father, that we as a church will continue to be sensitive to keeping the core in place. When we blow it, admit it. And as we have discussed this morning, if any of us here have been convicted, we might respond. We might be living out your plan, Father, for your glory. And as we, as other churches, have activities beyond what we discussed this morning that can be well and good, But may we come back again to the local body, pastors, church leaders, fathers, parents, grandparents, and older saints. We've been attempting to obey. We want to continue to obey, Father, for your glory. For it's in Christ's name I pray, amen.